Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the first The Moose podcast presented by U92, the Moose student radio station of West Virginia University. I'm your host, Patrick McCabe, along with my co-host, as always, Manny Mardiege. Folks, we've made it 18 weeks in. We are at Super Wildcard Weekend. It's quite possibly one of the greatest weekends of the year, along with March Madness, along with the Super Bowl. It's up there, Super Wildcard Weekend. We got six games this weekend, two tomorrow, Seahawks 49ers at 4.30, Chargers Jaguars at 8.15 Saturday night on NBC. And then on Sunday, Dolphins-Bills, 1 o'clock, an AFC East matchup. Giants-Vikings at 4.30, Ravens-Bengals, the AFC North matchup at 8.15 on Sunday night, a rematch of their Week 18 matchup last week in which the Bengals ended up winning that game. And then on Monday night, it'll be the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. Of course, the Eagles being the number one seed in the NFC and the Kansas City Chiefs being the number one seed in the AFC, both getting buys into the divisional round. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Manny? First off, how does it feel to get through 18 weeks of yet another NFL season? Uh, feels good. I feel like compared to last year, this one went by quicker for some reason. Um, probably because I didn't watch much football because the Steelers were so bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, it feels like it's gone quicker. And it seems like a lot of teams, seems like anybody can beat anyone up to this point. I think that's kind of been like the overarching theme of this year, um, continuing now into the playoffs. There does seem to be some um, disadvantages for some teams, but what this season has taught us is that you really never know. Some teams could surprise some teams, and I guess it shouldn't be a surprise anymore because it's been the whole theme this this year. But I'm excited to see how these games turn out and who moves on to, to the next round. Yeah, exactly, and we'll get into that right away. Let's get into it. Seahawks 49ers, an NFC West matchup between two – very staunch rivals, 4.30 tomorrow. 49ers currently are favored by nine points in that game. Let's get into it, starting with the Seahawks real quick. Geno Smith, obviously, is your starting quarterback. Finally gets the chance that we that all West Virginia fans have been wanting uh, ever since he graduated from West Virginia in the early 2010s. It has really showed up for this Seahawks team. Going up against the 49ers, it's going to be a tough one. Of course, you have a rookie quarterback uh, at the helm for the 49ers in this one. Brock Purdy, of course, Mr. Irrelevant, taking over for Jimmy G, who took over for Trey Lance. Uh, Manny, for you in this one, what are you looking for exactly uh, out of the Seahawks, who are by far the underdog in this game? And what are you looking for uh, for the 49ers to be able to move on to the divisional? Yeah, I think... I'll start with the Seahawks. The Seahawks, it's sometimes when you're watching some of their games, it's really, I don't want to say they have to play their their best game ever to beat the 49ers because they could definitely give them a, a run for their money. But sometimes when you're watching the Seahawks, their defense is not the, the strongest point of their team by any means. And, and if you're relying on them to kind of get it going, get something, get a spark for your team to – they get over the hump and get over the 49ers. I think that's where you could uh, find some issues because I think their defense could be good for uh, for stopping the 49ers for at most maybe four drives, three drives. But then after that, if your offense isn't clicking by then, then this 49ers defense is by far better than the Seahawks. And they could do it for an entire game. Plus, their offense is just better than, than the Seahawks. So I expect the 49ers to get it going much earlier. But – 
if the Seahawks can keep up with them, I'm not saying point for point, touchdown for touchdown, but keeping it within at least the score, then there's really no chance for them because they're going to have to throw more. And I think if they could keep this game, uh, the possession time to their advantage with Kenneth Walker, switching him in and out and really limiting Gino to not as many throws, I think they could, uh, I think they could have a chance because this 49ers team is tired for the league league and an interception. So you don't want to be slinging the ball around 40 times, 30 times a game and think you're going to win, especially on the road. I think if they could keep the ball out of the offense's hands, out of the 49ers hands, I think uh, it'll give them their best chance. Maybe they could get lucky with a turnover from Brock Purdy starting in his first um, playoff appearance. But if they, if their offense isn't there keeping up with uh their defense, I think it'll be a long day for them for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Both of these teams, you know, are really built around the rush. Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks, a rookie running back from Michigan State. Really, I mean, he's lived up to expectations so far. And of course, Christian McCaffrey traded from the Carolina Panthers midseason to the 49ers has really showed up. Again, he's getting back that pre-injury form that we saw him have a couple of years ago when I wasted a number one overall pick on him, and then he failed me entirely. Uh, if you don't know, I have terrible luck with picking number one overall. I've done it twice uh, with Jonathan Taylor and uh, Kenneth, or excuse me, Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey failed both times, uh, and they really just did not help me whatsoever. So terrible luck with those. Uh but let's get back to the point. Of course, both of these teams built around the run. It, it, for me personally, I think if Seattle is able to eliminate the 49ers rushing attack, it's not the end of the world because you have some pretty great weapons. Again, you know, you have McCaffrey out of the backfield, who's a pretty good pass catching back. You have Brandon Ayuk. You have George Kittle, who's healthy again. You know, you have some good you have and Debo Samuel too. Debo Samuel has really just fallen off the face of the earth this year. Uh, it, that's an interesting one, especially after everything that happened uh, last off season. I think it's less dangerous if the if the 49ers lose their rushing attack than it is for the Seahawks because the Seahawks you have Tyler Lockett who is always going to be there. He's a consistent guy, but your guy is DJ. Or, or excuse me, DK Metcalf. I'm really losing it here, folks. It's, it's a Friday. We're getting there. DK Metcalf is your main guy for the Seahawks passing attack. If you eliminate him, you know, you're going to be able to stack six, seven, eight guys in the box, and Seattle's not going to be able to do very much whatsoever. Geno Smith can only carry you, you know, so far. For you in this one, who is your key player for the Seahawks and the 49ers? Uh, let me get your score prediction as well for this one. Right. Okay. So key players for – I'll start with the 49ers. Probably going to have to be either – I want to say Nick Bosa or Fred Warner just because Nick Bosa has been on a tear. Um, just getting to the quarterback it just seems like in less than four seconds, three seconds each time. And just going off of your point with the running attack, um, Fred Warner, if he could get into the backfield a lot, um, just disguise what he's going to do because he's the quarterback of that defense. If he could disguise what they're going to do and if he's going to 
send multiple bodies to stop the run or drop back in coverage. If you could disguise that well and confuse Geno Smith, leads to turnovers, I think it'll be huge for them. Um, because offensively, I think the 49ers, um, it could really be anybody. So I think on the defensive side is where they're going to have to prevail to really win this game and take it over. Uh, for the Seahawks, I I would have to say Gino because if Gino's playing like in some games he's played out of this world and you wouldn't even recognize that teams are uh, giving up on this guy. Um, he's really found a good home with the with the Seattle Seahawks. So I think he would have to be the key because when they lose, it's because he's playing like bad, making bad decisions, turning the ball over. But when they're in tight games with some pretty decent teams on the road, it's because he's playing really good. So I think he's going to have to do that. And I'm still going to take the 49ers, but even with Gino playing well, just because I think the Niners are more talented. But if Gino's playing really well, I think it'll be a good indicator of how close this game ends up being. And for the score, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say the 49ers win 20. I'm going to say they win 24, 24 to 14. 24 to 14. Okay. I'm going to have to go with the. 49ers here as well I think they're much more talented I think they're also balanced across their entire team they have a really good offense uh like we talked about their weapons Christian McCaffrey IU Debo Samuel George Kittle you run off the names uh with Seattle you know you have Kenneth Walker and you have DK Metcalf but beyond that you know Tyler Lockett is he really your guy if DK can't you know contribute in the way he needs to I don't think so so for that, I think I'm going to have to go with the 49ers. But like you said, it's going to be an NFC West matchup. It's going to be hard fought until the absolute end. I am, however, going to say it's going to be by two touchdowns. I'm going to go 28-14, 49ers win and move on to the divisional round. And with that, we'll move on to the Saturday night game, Chargers-Jaguars. It's an interesting matchup. The Jaguars... Not the team we would have expected coming into this playoffs. They are playing some of their best football since, what, 2016, 2017, when they had that vaunted defense or led them all the way to the AFC Championship. This team has had a complete revitalization since Doug Peterson has come in, and I will forever stand by Doug Peterson for what he did in Philadelphia. They're favored in this game, which, again, does not make any sense whatsoever, given that they're the Jaguars and they're the laughing stock. They're supposed to be the laughing stock in the league, but they've turned it around. They really are. Hum- they're, I mean, they're humming right now on offense, on defense. They're doing everything right. You know, some of their free agency moves, like Christian Kirk. You know, what was his contract? Four years, seventy-two million dollars. And everyone was like, "What? What? Who knows what they're thinking?" You know. Sure, give him $72 million, but you just wasted $72 million on him. 1,100 yards, eight TDs, I think speaks, you know, otherwise. Uh, this Jaguars team, I think there's a ch- there is a good chance that they come out of this one the winner. Uh, I will, however, say, though, this Chargers team is also very, very talented. They are not at their full potential, though. I do believe they can find another gear. Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Top 10? Top 10 quarterback, maybe? Very. If he's not 10, it's probably 11 or 12. He's a very, very talented quarterback. Probably one of the most humble people in the entire NFL. You have guys like 
Mike Williams. You guys have you have guys like Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, you know, rumble off the names defense as well. You have some really good players. It's going to be a hard fought game. I will say for this one that the Jaguars are favored by one and a half over under at 47 and a half. I'm going to take the under on that one. It's going to be a low scoring affair. It's not going to be a 13, 10 game, something like that. I'm going to go 21 to 10, 21 to 10. I'm going to wait to say the team. I want to hear what you have to say, but I'm going to go 21, 10. And I have the team in mind. Okay. Um, I like that. Uh, I'm going to say this one's a, this one's pretty tricky because uh, both quarterbacks, first playoff appearance, um, Trevor Lawrence a few years younger or league or league experience wise than, uh, than Justin. Um, but it's going to be a, a great matchup. And I think it's unfortunate for the chargers that Mike Williams is out. Um, He's not going to be playing in case you didn't know that um, because of his back. Um, so that's another thing that's kind of, again, like you, I'm kind of leaning towards the Jaguars just because they've already played this season. Granted, it was the, the beginning of the year, but um, the Jaguars actually won that game by a resounding score of 38 to 10 uh, in Los Angeles. So um, that was probably with everybody healthy and all. And without the Jaguars really playing their best ball, which they are right now, Chargers coming off a loss to the Broncos, whereas the Jaguars played in almost as close as you can get to a playoff game in a must-win game against the Titans there for the division. So, And they have Doug Peterson's experience. I like the Jaguars a lot. Everything is almost screaming Jaguars, which is kind of making me a bit hesitant. But I just like the Jaguars, the way they're playing. I like their defense a lot. Um, They were very young. They're very naive in a way that they just played without thinking about what could happen, what could go wrong. So like you, I think I'm going to go with the Jaguars in this one. I'm probably going to give it a score of, I'm going to say it's going to be a closer because Herbert's really good regardless of um, really who's out there almost. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Jaguars win 20, 23 to 17 Jaguars. 23 to 17. I'm going to go probably a little bit closer. I'm going to go 21. So I'm going to switch mine. 21 17. Jaguars do hold on uh, in this one. Again, like you talked about, that's, I did not know Mike Williams is out. I must admit that. That's a huge loss, though. You still have Keenan Allen. You still have Austin Eckler. But Mike Williams is your, you know, is a guy you know you can count on all the time in the end zone. Only four touchdowns on the year, but he's still, you know, incredible receiving threat and to not have him is going to hurt uh, that Chargers passing attack. But Eckler does have 13 touchdowns, which, I mean, it ha- that has to lead the league. I'd be shocked if it does not lead the league with 13 touchdowns. I think Jamal uh, Williams on the Lions, he has a lot, I think. He has like 17 probably, or something. That, that, that probably make, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I can, I can see why that happens. But, yeah, Eckler is going to have to play a bigger role on Saturday – Tomorrow night, excuse me. I'm going to take the Jaguars, though. I'm going to ride with you. I think WP pulls it out, and they'll move on to the divisional round. With that, we'll move on to Sunday's game, starting with the 1 o'clock game, Dolphins-Bills. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Of course, all the storylines with the Bills, they have every bit of momentum behind them right now. 
after what happened with Demar Hamlin, and luckily he is doing much, much better. Uh, I haven't heard anything about him potentially being at the game. Uh, I know he got released from Buffalo Hospital, so I imagine that he is going to be at the game on Sunday, which if he shows up and he's the person to you know kind of intro the game for the Bills, it's game over. There is no shot for the Dolphins in this one. Uh, it's at the Bill. It's at excuse me. It's at Buffalo. Uh, so you know it's gonna be cold. Twenty eight degrees over under at forty three. I'm gonna take the over in this one. It's gonna be a high scoring affair. Uh, the Bills have a real. Bills obviously have a great defense and a great offense. One of the more balanced teams in the league. Uh, Dolphins as well have a really good defense. I think the Bills are just a little bit more stacked on defense, in my opinion. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I mean, when you have guys, again, like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, Tua, you know, the na- the names just run on and on and on. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. And for that, I'm going to go 38-35, last-second field goal, wins it for the Bills. And they move on to the divisional round. For you, let, I, I'm curious what you have to say. Bills are also favored 96 96% compared to the Dolphins' 4% chance. Yeah, I, I'm surprised uh, you think it's going to be close just because um, no Tua, probably going to be Skylar Thompson in Buffalo. He has not played. Uh, I was going to be nice and say he hasn't played great, but he's been pretty bad, honestly, for this for this Dolphins team. When you have such great weapons like Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Everybody knows they're down the field threats. And if the quarterback can't get them there or can't make the throws, it's going to really hinder what they can do. I know they have a great rushing attack as well with Raheem Mostert. Ran, I think, like over 130 yards on this Bills team last time in Buffalo. So maybe they could do that. He's uh, out. Oh, he's out? Yeah. Okay. Last time I looked, he was questionable. But, yeah, if he's out now, then. As of today. Okay. Yeah. Then, yeah As of today, is he is screaming... out. This is screaming for the Bills. Um, I'm gonna it's move, unfortunate I'm gonna, because yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna switch I'm mine just gonna as say, well. Go okay. ahead, go. Ahead. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just yeah. I'm gonna give my prediction now. It's probably gonna be. I think I was talking to someone like before. I think I said it was gonna be 38, 38 to thirteen, thirty-eight to sixteen at most because. Um, they just can't move the ball offensively with now the injury to Raheem or Raheem Mostert, right? Um, he's not going to be there. Skyler Thompson, the quarterback, and Tyree Kill, Jalen Water there, but they could only give so much threat to the Bills when they could, um, just send the house to Skyler Thompson, just hope that he makes a turnover. So, Bills take this one comfortably, and yeah, just wait to see what they'll play in the next round. I forgot that Tua is not playing. Uh, also seeing that Raheem Mostert's not playing as well. That's a big one. I'm going to switch my prediction now knowing the two is not going to play. I did know that. I don't know why I forgot. I'm going to switch it as well. I think the Bills still score 38 points. I'm going to move the Dolphins to 17, so 38-17. Two t- I'll give Skyler Thompson two touchdowns. Uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle will get one touchdown each, but Bills take this one very, very comfortably in this one. Let's move to the 430 game. Giants-Vikings, this is probably 
unattractive of a game as you could possibly get over the course of the Super Wild Card weekend. This is the game where I want the as much as I hate the Vikings, I want them to beat down on the Giants so much that Saquon Barkley retires on Monday. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, not that bad. Maybe that bad. Um you know, this Giants team is good. Again, Brian Dable, we talked about it last week. He's up, he's going to be up for coach of the year by far, along with Kevin O'Connell uh, and the coach of the year winner, in my opinion, Nick Sirianni. But that's a, you know, we'll get to that in just a couple of weeks when they come out with the coach of the year awards. I am taking the Vikings in this one. I don't, I don't see really a chance for this Giants team to get anything going. If you're going to do it, it's going to be through your rushing attack. It's going to be through Saquon Barkley. It's going to be through Daniel Jones. You know, the passing attack for the Giants is virtually non-existent. Uh, you know, Kenny Galladay has just been a fraud of a player for pretty much since he came to the Giants. Uh, he has not lived up to the expectations at all, uh, time and time again. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think the Giants are going to be able to get anything going. Again, if it's anything, it's going to be through the ground attack. But that Vikings team is very, very good. You're playing at Minnesota, which is only going to make it that much harder. Uh, so for that, I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit closer than people might think. The over-under for this game is 48. Vikings favor only by three in this one. Uh Excuse me. They're only favored by three. So I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think, but I'm still going to go 28 to 21. Vikings take this one and move on to the NFL, NFL, NFC divisional round in this one. Giants have no injured players. That's absurd. I don't know how they don't have anybody on. They have nobody on the injured report. Uh, the Vikings' only notable one that I know is Harrison Smith. It's questionable as of today. So that'll be interesting to see whether or not he plays uh, on Sunday. But again, he's getting older, so he, I don't know how much of a factor he is in the Vikings game. It's 30 degrees in Minneapolis, but again, indoor stadium. It's not going to matter much. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. For you, is there any chance of an upset here, or do you think it's Vikings all game long? Yeah, I think it was between this game, the Chargers a little bit, and the Cowboys game that I had the most trouble deciding. Um, it came down to a record for their, I think for their franchise, for the Vikings franchise, kick to beat the Giants last time. And even then, it wasn't as convincing as you would have liked. Um, the Vikings, there's, I don't... Out of anybody that's left in the playoffs, I would probably say they're the most fraudulent compared to their record. Um, and it's just the losses that they've had. They only scored three points against the Cowboys. And then they lost 41 to 17 against the Packers. Um, it's those kind of games, and they just make me wonder um if this team, I don't know what it is about this team that um that they can't get it together or just can't hold on. Um, to games that they should win, even against that the Colts game that uh, you definitely remember when they came back, they were down like thirty six points at one point or something. Credit to them yeah. that they that they came back, but um, being at that point in the game, it's not ideal for 
a three seed. So I think there's definitely a chance that they get upset here. Um, I saw an interesting stat that was I went along the lines that the Giants run like the fourth most play action pass, and Daniel Jones is third in completion rate running play action passes, and the Vikings are third to last trying to defend that. So I think it's going to be that kind of game, a lot of play action, trying to set up Saquon to set up that play action. But I think I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. I think the first, I guess, upset of this one, um, I think I'm going to go with the Giants to win by a score. Last time it was 27 to 24. I'm going to say they win this time. Uh, 24 to 20, I'm going to say the Giants win and upset the Vikings. And they go into the offseason trying to look for a new quarterback because Kirk Cousins, I think, will ultimately be out the door if they lose this one. Interesting choice there. I'm very, very interested to see how that game, excuse me, <clears throat> goes on Sunday. I don't know. I again, if it if the Giants win this one, it's going to be through Saquon Barkley, uh, and that rushing attack for the Giants. Sunday night football, you're going to have a greater perspective on this than I do. It's a match, a rematch up. Excuse me, of Week 18, Ravens Bengals 8:15 NBC. It's going to be. I think I'm stamping it. It will be the best game of Super Wild Card Weekend. Let me get your take on this because obviously being an AFC North fan, you've seen both of these teams for a long time now. Interesting of note, though, Lamar Jackson out for this game. Do you think that sways the favor in the Bengals and sways the favor in the Bengals' way uh, now that Jackson is out, or do you think there's still a slimmer of a chance for the Ravens to come out of this one and move on to the divisional? I. I really wish if Lamar was playing, I'd give him a chance. I might even pick them, maybe. Um, but I think the the Bengals are just too talented, especially at home. Um, they've won at least five or yeah, five of their last games that they've played. Um, whereas the Ravens have lost three out of the last five. Yeah, so and it might not even be Tyler Huntley playing, it'll probably be Anthony Brown like it was this past week. So it's just it's not looking good for the Ravens. If they were all healthy, I would probably pick them, like I said. But I think the Bengals are just riding too big of a momentum wave right now. They're all playing really well. And I am intrigued to watch it just because there's a lot of extracurricular stuff that happens after. And you see it after the game with Jamar Chase and Roquan Smith. There was an incident. Um, is, is it entertaining to watch where I think Roquan um, ran by him to celebrate a pass breakup with his defensive back and he just like ran right through Jamar Chase um but it is fun to watch it's going to be entertaining but I think the Bengals take it um Joe Burrow's playing really well right now um it seems like nobody can really touch him his pocket awareness is great um throwing to all those weapons they have everything going for them and their defense is sneaky sneaky good they they usually turn up at this time of the year and play very well so um, I think the Bengals take this one pretty convincingly, and I'm gonna say by a score of, I'm gonna give them thirty to thirty to seventeen. They take this one. Thirty to seventeen. You're giving them that much of a chance in this one. Yeah, I think the Bengals. 
uh, definitely win this one because I think since Lamar hasn't been since he's last played, the Ravens have not. Yeah, they've not scored more than uh like 17, 18 points. And that's just not gonna cut it in the playoffs unless your defense is the best in the league. And that's clearly the the best defense in the league. Um if that was the case, then maybe I they get they get a chance here, but putting up that many points is not gonna cut it, especially now when you have to face the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles, uh if you make it all the way to the Super Bowl potentially. Um, and the Bengals as well. So um, I think the Bengals are just going to have uh, too much firepower for the Ravens to deal with. I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to go with 30-17. to 17, Bengals take it. I'm going to go with the Bengals as well, like we talked about. Of note, though, the Ravens are a great team on the road. Harbaugh has won an NFL record eight road playoff games. The last five postseason victories for the Ravens were also all the way at home. Also, all away from home, Baltimore is 6-0 on the road in wild card games. So there is that chance there. It's going to be a tough environment. But like you talked about, without having Lamar Jackson, you get back J.K. Dobbins and Mark, and Mark Andrews, it's going to be a Bengals blowout. I'm going to go 28-10. to 10. I think it's what it's going to end up being this game in favor of the Bengals. And they'll move on to the divisional round. Let's get into the final game of this weekend. Monday Night Football, Cowboys against the Buccaneers. This is an interesting matchup. This might be the last time that we see Tom Brady. Now, we said this last year, and we did see the last of him before he came back. But there is a chance that this might be the last time we ever watch Tom Brady play in, a, play in the NFL, which is absurd because he's been playing longer than either of us have, have been alive, uh, which you know is hard to fathom. For a lot of people, including myself, it doesn't make sense. But you know, this is going to be a game. It's going to be interesting. The Cowboys are like the Vikings. They are not the, are not the team. You know, They don't relate to their record. Kind of like what you were talking about with the Vikings. Their record and their, you know, per, their level of play don't add up. It does not make much sense uh, to a lot of people. You know, uh, even though the Cowboys are 12 and 5 uh, on the season, Buccaneers at 8 and 9 on the season, I could see the Buccaneers winning this game. There is a good chance of this Buccaneers team winning it. Now, granted, they have the Cowboys at a 65% chance of winning this one compared to the Buccaneers 35. But this is Tom Brady we're talking about at the end of the day. You know, he is not the same person he was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. He is not, but he's still Tom Brady. There is nobody ever like, there's never been anyone like him, and there will never be anyone like him for the rest of the, you know, for as long as the NFL is the NFL. He is a one-of-one player, and he's not going to go down fighting. Uh, or, excuse me, he's not going to go down without a fight, is what I was trying to say. Uh, I I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. Of note, though, again, like we talked about, the Cowboys just don't have – they don't relate to their record. Dak Prescott, 15 interceptions on this season, one of the highest in the NFL. You know, he is not – Cowboys fans, he is their savior. He is everything. To the rest of the NFL, he is – how do you want to say this in the nicest way possible? A fraud. 
He is a fraud of a quarterback. I could say that as an Eagles fan without any hate in my heart. That's a complete lie. I hate him with all of my heart. He is a fraud of a quarterback. Uh, twenty Only 2,900 yards on the season compared to Brady's 4,700. Uh, I'm going to go Buccaneers in this one. I'm going to wait to get my score prediction, but I think it's going to be Buccaneers uh, get the second upset win of the weekend. Okay. My bad. You were uh, you kind of cut out there for a second. Uh, yeah. No, I think uh, this game's gonna be. I don't. I don't know if I should go with what I think is gonna happen or what I want to see happen because I think I can't be the I can't be the one person to go against Tom Brady and think he's gonna lose. Like a lot of people do that. They say, "Yeah, he's done. He's washed. He's too old." He's done already. They're not going to win against the Cowboys team that has been as good as they're going to be probably in the next few years, last few seasons. So I do want to see the Cowboys go on just because I want to see that matchup with the Eagles potentially. Um, but I don't know. It's it's tough. The Cowboys, like you said, you, Dak has been playing as bad as probably he's ever played in his career, leads the league in interceptions, even though he's missed like at least like five or six games maybe more. Um, They're going to have to run the ball. They're going to definitely have to run the ball and prevent that from throwing that many times because, because you just can't trust them at this point, even though they want to say that they're not faced by how Dak's playing. It, it is a factor when you, when it comes down to it. So you're going to have to try to run the ball on this team that has a great front seven. I don't know if Vita Vea is playing. I think he's questionable, but Devin White, um, Devin White's still there. They have good edge pressure, and their secondary is a bit, um, is a bit weak. Where I guess the Cowboys could attack potentially if they see it, but I wouldn't risk it. At least not in the early parts of this game. Definitely a fuel out game for sure if you're the Cowboys. So, I think I'm gonna go with what I want to see happen. I think I'm gonna take the Cowboys. They hand Brady's first loss against them. I'm gonna say a score of. I'm going to say 17 to 14, the Cowboys win and they go and face the Eagles in the divisional round, potentially, depending on how everybody else plays out. Yeah, there is that possibility the Cowboys could play the Eagles. It's going to be interesting. Again, I think, like you talked about, uh, Vita Vea is questionable. He's the only notable Buccaneer that's uh, on the injured report. Demarcus Lawrence and Tyron Smith are questionable. Uh, for the Cowboys, as of yesterday, there's no, no update uh, on the worst, on their status for Monday night's game. We'll probably get something on Sunday about them. As much as I would love to see a Eagles-Cowboys divisional round, I would much rather – I don't know what – I don't know what's greater, my hate for the Cowboys or my hate for Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. I want to I want to be the team that sends him out uh, last game in the NFL, hopefully, uh, after he screwed us in the 2004 Super Bowl, uh, cheated us out of a Super Bowl um, hearsay, but it's not really hearsay. Um, oh, either of these teams I would love to play in the divisional round, and I, I know we can beat them, but I think the Buccaneers do win this one. 
And I think it's a rematch of last year's wild card round where the Eagles lost the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm going to go Buccaneers take this one. Like you said, it's going to be a close one. You said 17-14. I'm going to go in this one 24-21. Buccaneers take this one. Three touchdowns uh, from Tom Brady. Nothing on the rush. Nothing for the run game. Uh, Excuse me. That wraps up our Super Wild Card Weekend Preview. Thank you again for listening to me, Patrick McCabe, and Manny Mardiege, my co-host. We'll be back next week to recap this Super Wild Card Weekend. A lot of action going into the divisional round of the playoffs. You're not going to want to miss this. Stick around, folks. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for listening, and have a good rest of your day.